This week on The Reverse Stick, Olympic births are on the line in Antwerp, computers are taking over in Stellenbosch, and the same old hockey dribbling right here in Perth. This is The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. I'm half of your host, John Lee, and the other half is... And me, Matt Allen. Yo, yo, yo. You're with the Glowhole Pole. Yes, see you you once again. Push. But we've got to be. Okay. We've, got, we've got to keep working hard on our demographic, and I've got a treat for you coming up a little bit, a little bit later on. Is it our demographic hockey people? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, but... It's about the whole package, John. It's about getting the kids playing. It's about getting to listening to hockey podcasts. It's about getting to help out down at your local club. It's all part of the same story. Glow ho po. Yo. Oh, I thought he cooked my fried rice the other night, but it could it, be wrong. Two weeks running, slight, slight little tinge of racism coming in there, John. Do you think so? Or is it more a reflection of how bad the glow ho po is? Um, as a... As a concept and, and slogan. Well, look, I didn't come up with glow hope. There, there's there's some, something coming up a little bit later on that I um, yeah I was I was flicking around on Snapchat the other day and oh. uh, just happened to to fall about fall on something there. Is that so, that audio file you sent to me? And that's said, right. Play it in a bit later in the show. Yes, but don't listen to it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, our Patreon uh, subscribers they've listened to it though. Have they? Yeah. Popped it up on there before you've had a chance to listen to it. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. That's all part of the, the bonus package you can get as being a patron with the reverse stick. Patreon.com forward slash the reverse stick. So Check if, it out. If I paid $5 to Patreon a month, I'd be able to listen to my own content. Uh, $20 for you. <laughs> Thank you. Sir. News. And, well, plenty to get through again this week, Matt, because oh, there's a lot going on. The rings are glimmering, aren't they? they have all are. eyes on the Olympics. And um, yeah, there's a little bit to get through on, on some of the results, so it might be a double episode of results. Uh, first up, some test matches. Belgium, the men and the women, were taking on opponents from the, the 7th to the 9th for the women, 9th to the 12th of um, August, that is. For the men, the men were taking on Malaysia. And Malaysia had, had a pretty good little tour there, hadn't they? They'd had some pretty good results. They had a 4 2 win. Teams. Uh, yeah. Well, Belgium sort of shook that up a little bit. 5-1 in the first game and 8-0 in the second game. Might have been a bit of player exposure going on there for the Malaysians. I don't know, but um, pretty handy wins. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not bad, the Belgians, though. Yeah, they're pretty good. They're, they, they, yeah, they've, had, they've had some results recently. Yeah. Themselves. They have, yeah. They've yeah. won a couple of things, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the women took on Ireland and um, a 4-2 victory to the Belgian women in the first game, and then the Irish dragging it back to a 2 all draw for the second game. Oh, where do we go? Let's go. Did we do the um, Euro... Which Euro Championships did we get through last week? We'll talk about we the... We did uh, Divi 2 and Divi 3. We did Divi 2 and Divi 3. Okay, well, Divi 4 men played a round robin in um, Helsinki in Finland, uh, and that finished up with... No finals, of course, so top of the table was Hungary. Played four games, three wins and a draw, so that's a, a pretty good record. Ten points from their four games and uh, a goal difference of positive five, nine, four, four against. Finland were in second place, so I assume they'll be going up alongside Hungary to Division 3 next year. Um, they're sef- seven points, and it was Norway, Cyprus and Slovenia. Um, 
Cyprus had three draws and a loss. Um, so, and it must be a, must have been a reasonably close competition too, because no, no team scored more than three goals in, in any single game. There was a lot of one-alls and two-ones and three-twos, so really nice tight competition there for the Euro Championship for men. Well done to Hungary and Finland. I'm not sure what that means for the teams at the bottom. How they work out, or whether they'll just stay there, or no, will they stay, go think, somewhere. You stay or? there, you, and anyone's welcome. Anyone's welcome. Got a country? Got a hockey team? Get to the tournament. You're in. You're in, in the Euros. Divi four, that is. Yeah. Divi four. Uh, what else have we got? The Euro Championship two for women. It was in Glasgow. Did we cover that? Scotland winning last week. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. They finished on that. Finished just after we released last week. It did. Yeah. It did indeed. There was. Uh, did they beat? Austria in the last game or Poland in the last game? Italy. Italy in, in the final. That was, that, no, that's right. That's it. No, they'd already been promoted and the yeah. final was to come. That, yeah. That was, so that Italy, Italy, Scotland won the final 2-1 in the end over the Italians. They finished second, so both of those teams will be going up to Divi 1 next year. Yep. And Poland in third place, Austria fourth, Wales in fifth place, Czech Republic in sixth, and the Ukraine and Turkey in seventh and eighth respectively. So they'll be looking at a drop, unfortunately, for them. Back down to Divi 3. The Euro Hockey Championship 3 for men. Uh, that finished up. Yes, we covered that last time around. That was finished up on the 3rd of August. Uh-huh. And just to let you know, Croatia and Switzerland finishing at the top two there in Divi 3. So they'll pop up. And it will be Lithuania and Malta who finished in the bottom 7th and 8th. So it looks like they'll be going down. Uh, Championship 3 for women we did cover as well. France coming out on top there alongside Lithuania, earning promotion. And France taking out the title in the end, the final four goals to three. Hungary and Slovenia heading down there. Uh, That's the Euros that has been on. We won't talk about the Euros coming up just yet, Matt, because that's not really news. So um, we'll have a look at a couple of other things that are uh, happening. So and pa- they some are pa- Pan Am Games, I think. I there think was the something Pan Am Games. The finals. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes. That's what we're covering now. Fantastic. Some continental qualifiers making their way through to Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games. There are indeed. And uh, predictably, uh, you might have thought, Argentina winning both the men's and the women's after uh, defeating Canada in the men's tournament five goals to two and taking on Canada in the women's tournament and winning five goals to one. So congratulations to both, to Argentina for their direct entry into the Olympic Games and also congratulations to Canada for coming in second place. It'll do good work for their world rankings and yeah, you never know. Yeah, it's uh, all absolutely. part of the journey there. They might still get there. Another opportunity. You get put the points on the board like they have here. Yeah. Final standings uh, for the uh, men was Argentina, Canada, United States third, which the way they've been played at times in the men's side of things, that's not a bad result. Uh, Chile fourth, Trinidad and Tobago came fifth. It was Cuba in sixth place, Mexico in seventh, and Peru in eighth. On the women's side, Argentina, as I said, top, Canada second. Then the United States in third, which was equally as disappointing a result as the men's was perhaps surprising and good, um, especially considering the amount of effort and time that's been put into U.S. hockey recently, uh, yeah, but no, but they, and they, et cetera, et cetera. But, but, they, but still, they still have to play that bronze medal game against the very good Chile as well. So yes, yeah, uh, no, I thought they they would have seen that as not having been in that gold medal game as as a disappointment. I would think yeah. they 
Oh, yeah, they should have had that as the, as the goal. Uh, Chile fourth, Uruguay fifth, Mexico sixth, Peru seventh, and Cuba eighth. That's what happened in the Pan Am Games. Uh, did you manage to catch any of it in the end? Because, of course, it was at a funny time for us here in Not, Australia. Yeah, fine. unfortunately, I didn't, the, the, no. um, the finals. But it was on, I believe. Uh, women's side, finals, Julieta Giancunas, top goal, uh, goal scorer with 11 through the tournament. All of them field goals. Yep. Carla Rebecca, uh, popping up with, uh, seven, five field goals and a, uh, couple of, uh, corners as well on the men's side, John. Just top scorer while I've got it up here. Michael Casella from Argentina with 10, uh, tying with Jose Tolino, also from Argentina. Jose. 10, Jose, Jose. Uh, um, 10 penalty corners. Yeah. Maybe somebody in there too, rival Payat. Maybe. Um, they've been looking for, uh, a replacement there after the decision to, to play at Mannheimer. So, ten games from how many goals? Ten, ten games. Ten oh, goals from how many games? Oh, I don't know Five, how many. I don't know how many six, plays there. Three in the pool, plus the seventy-five games. Yeah, well, there was a couple of uh, uh, easier fixtures there, but uh, you got to put them away still, haven't you? You do. So there we go, Pan Am Games all done and dusted, and uh, we've got a nice little interview with uh, somebody coming up very shortly who um, was there on the ground. Yes, Victoria, so, umpire. 20. Great performance. How, how old is she? 22. I think 22 years old, yeah, from, Par- from Paraguay. of a Pan Am Games. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lovely great, young girl. Great story. We'll get so. to hear from her very shortly. Looking forward to um, that. Yeah, disappointing not to be able to get the whole tournament, even though we couldn't have watched much of it at all. But if I had been able to pinch a game, I would have. Um, and look, I wonder how long it is before someone's going to seriously challenge Argentina. Obviously, the standard of hockey amongst the other nations is improving. And... There definitely seems to be a want there from associations, but uh, I mean, how long is it going to take? Is it going to come? A, you're coming from a long, long way back, yeah. aren't you? Um, yeah. Again, and you know, a solid club foundation and system there in Argentina, and obviously great pathways to get those people up to the level and to the standard and, and involved with international hockey. Yeah, and I mean, because uh, um, it would be really good for the world hockey if if there was challenges and we're the same here in Australia I mean it's New Zealand or Australia there's no challenge outside of that in our uh, confederation qualification which is a real pity that there's not stronger teams here and they're coming from a far longer way back Yeah. but you know I'm, I'm just was wondering to myself is it going to be in the next Olympic cycle where someone gets close or is it going to take a, two Olympic cycles before you know one of these other nations can seriously challenge Argentina and you know Five one's not the worst result against a team as good as Argentina, but it's not close enough, I wouldn't think. Uh, no, yeah, there's a lot of class there in Argentina, That's isn't right. there? Anyway, they're, they're, they're world class in both the men's and women's games. A couple of things coming up in the very near future too. Um, oh, we haven't talked about one other thing: the African road to hockey. We'll do that and get to our interview, shall we? Yeah. The African road to Tokyo. Uh, African road to hockey. Quick, quick, quick. Hockey road to Tokyo. African hockey, hockey road, road to Tokyo, Tokyo 2020. Just rolls like, off it's the tongue, doesn't snappy, it? mate. It's snappy. Yeah. Um, do you want to do that? Yeah, well, let's have a look at that because there's a couple of things you wanted to talk about here too, isn't there? Uh, well, let's, let's do our talking about it a bit, a bit later on. Well, I'll tell you what. No, we'll hold that conversation over. Because right, well, this is how organised we are. I'm but, quickly um, going to run through uh, the 
uh, International Masters Hockey Association European Cup okay. uh, 50s and 55s is happening yep. at the moment this weekend we've got uh, or even today in some uh, instances we've got semi-finals coming up uh, for the women's 55s and over uh, Netherlands versus Scotland and England versus Wales in the semis there uh, good luck to everybody taking part in the men's over 50s England, Netherlands and Ireland versus Germany are the two semi-final games happening there and not quite sure what's happening with the 55s men um, there's uh, some pools and elimination games and all sorts but there's another six or seven games uh, going through until there's a, uh, a, a final happening in three days from now doesn't really tell me who's involved there John but that's alright and upcoming in the final one here the over 50s women in Krefeld is uh, we've got Ireland Scotland England and Netherlands all involved in the finals games there so good luck to everybody involved <laughs> You are listening to the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast, and it's featured interview time, and we're absolutely delighted to have down the line from Asuncion in Paraguay, FIH international umpire, Vicky Pazos. Vicky, welcome to the Reverse Stick. Hello, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Now, uh, we uh, we managed to catch you on screen at the the uh, Pan Am Games in Lima. I, I think it was the semi-final, USA versus Canada. What an interesting game that was! And we thought we just had to speak to you about hockey in Paraguay and your route to umpiring a, an international game of such prestige at such a young age. What what what's your hockey story, Vicky? Okay, well, I started playing at a very young age, maybe at six years old. And I just played here all my life in Paraguay. And maybe when I was 17, I did this umpiring course just to know the rules. And I did well the exam, and I started umpiring like under 8, under 10, and then I just started climbing after that. So did you ever see it as a pathway, Vicky, or was it always just something where, oh, oh I'll do this next step, and then I'll do, I'll do this? Um, I didn't see um, that I was going to be an international umpire. I just did it because I liked it. And then this tournament came up and said, okay, yeah, I'm in. And after that, I just started climbing. So what was your first taste of international umpiring, Vicky? Um, actually, it was in Peru as well. So Peru was my first tournament in my life, international umpire. And I had great company. And thanks to that, I could become the international umpire. And after that, I got a second tournament in Jamaica, but a year after that. so. Maybe I didn't see there was a big pathway after after that, yeah. Now, Vicky, we've got a question from one of our Patreon subscribers, Rob Abbott, who is also an international umpire, and he says he's uh, fascinated and intrigued about how the domestic Paraguayan league works. What's what's the setup for hockey in Paraguay? Um, well, okay, actually, we're just a few teams. We're not much. And I still play. I can do both because we are not a lot of people. So 
they need us to do everything basically. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I know. And well, we play year round, uh, not in summer, but then the whole year we play, and we just played against each other again and again until I don't know someone wins. How many clubs do you have? Clubs in Paraguay, as such like in other countries. Um, in first division, in women we have six, and in men I think we have six or seven. Yeah. And is that all in Asuncion, or is that around the country? No, we just play in Asuncion. Maybe there's a couple of teams from other cities, but they come to play f- to our city. Okay. Fascinating. So, uh, where, where would you see the sort of the standard of hockey is uh, in in world teams? How, how do Paraguay do in uh, the the Pan Am tournaments and and things likely Central American tournaments? Um, well, they go. They went to Odesur last year, but they didn't qualify for the for the Pan Am games. Uh-huh. So. Okay, so they're getting better. They they have a new coach and they're getting better. So they keep practicing. What about the facilities you have there in Paraguay? Uh, is there a turf or or just one turf between all teams or something like that? Yeah, it's just one official turf and it's a sand turf and we just um, we take turns in practicing there. And we play all, all our official games there. So you're coming from quite a tough background, I imagine, to get lots of high-quality games in as an umpire. Uh, how do you test yourself and how do you get to a level that you, you're competent enough to, to do the international game? Oh, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a tough thing. I, I go to Argentina a couple of times a year. And do some tournaments there, so that's a good practice. I actually went to an to uh, an Argentinian tournament before going to the Pan Am Games, so that was very good for me. Sensational! You mentioned the Pan Am Games. What can you tell us about? We've we've looked on from afar. We obviously didn't get to see much of it vision-wise because only mm-hmm. the uh, the semis and the finals got any significant coverage. How was the experience for you? Well, it was amazing. My first Pan American Games at such a young age, I just wanted to enjoy and do the best thing I could. And fin- um, fortunately, I got a semi-final. I was very happy with that. So I think I think we all did very well. When, when you're umpiring, Vicky, do you find yourself um, in the game as such or... I'm thinking about that the Canada USA game that semi-final in particular. Um, you know, do you, do you get caught up in the emotion of it at all? Is it is it hard not to get caught up in it? Um, yeah, kind of. Um, I mean, Canada was winning, and well, the US just wanted to score and they couldn't. But I had an amazing umpire with me. It was Amber Church, so. It was fine. It was very good. Do you like that pressure, Vicky? Do you like that sense of being placed in a situation like that? Yeah. I mean, I didn't expect that because of um, the quality of umpires there. And I was the youngest one. So it was a surprise for me. But I liked it. I like to, I like the pressure and I like to challenge myself. Yeah. 
do you have any inspirations in the umpiring circuit? Is there anybody that you look at and go, oh, geez, I'd love to have a career just like him, just like her? Well, of course, of course, uh, Soledad Iparraguirre, and she helps me a lot. But currently, I look up to uh, Star Wilson. She's amazing. Do you guys uh, talk a lot about the rules? Do you talk a lot of shop when you, they call it, uh, you know, talking about work when you're trying to socialise? Is that what happens when you get a group of umpires together? It's, it, you start talking about rules and stuff? Um, not always. Um, we, we can talk a lot more than that. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> we, we watch videos and stuff, yeah. Now, what about as a player, Vicky? Where do you play on the field? Mm, I play... In the middle, on the left side. Now, when you're on the field, do you umpire? Apart, you know, when you're actually <laughs> playing, or uh, are you are you one of these uh, these good umpires that keeps keeps their mouth shut and res- respects the rules when they're uh, they're playing the game? Who are you referring to? <laughs> I, I respect the rules, but um, I get mad sometimes with the umpires. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> I you're not the only one. Don't worry about that, Vicky. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> so, with, with regards to those, the Pan Am Games, did you been to anything of that that size before the multi-sport event? I went to the Youth Olympic Games last year. Great. But I, yeah, it was it was awesome. And were you umpiring at the Youth Olympics in in uh, in Argentina? Yes, I did. All right, so there's a big question. We talk a lot about Hockey Fives on the show here. What's it like umpiring a game of Hockey Fives as opposed to the 11-a-side game? Are there any major differences that you pick out? Yeah, I think when you umpire Hockey Fives, you have to do a switch and just change a lot of things in your head. But it's fun. It's very dynamic. and But... For me, it's a little bit short. It's uh, the game time too short. Oh, game time too short. We'll just write that one down. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Vicky. There's another one. Game time too short. Beauty. So, what are, what are your aspirations, umpiring? Where where do you, where would you like to see international umpiring take you? Well, um, of course, I want to reach the highest level, but not pressure myself to do that. So. Just as long as I go, enjoy everything, enjoy the people I meet, and as high as I can reach, that's okay. Vicky, is there is there any sort of um, I don't know what they call it, scholarship or something like that, where say someone in your position could come to what a better term, Perth or Sydney or maybe somewhere in Europe, and and umpire for a, a really a, a full season of of top level domestic hockey. Is it, or is maybe that's something we can propose to the FIH. Um, actually, if we want to do that, I think we have to cover all costs ourselves. Yeah, right. So, yeah, it's a bit hard. It's probably not a bad idea, though, is it? Yeah, I was thinking about that. I just need to get some things ready here at home. Yeah. Do you work at all, Vicky, or are you a student? Um, I'm a student. I'm about to finish... Uh, college and I work as a swimming teacher. A oh, swimming teacher. Yeah. So is swimming like a second love to hockey? Is it? Um. Yeah, I think I, I love I love swimming, 
and I'm in sports sciences, so I love every sport. So that's okay. Fine. Ever, ever had to go at the underwater hockey? <laughs> no, I never got to had to do it. I've seen it. It's interesting. I I, I wouldn't be able to do it. Just. Uh, yeah, can't, you know, can't go that deep. Well, yeah, can't, yeah, can't go that deep. Unless it was beer, maybe I could, I could <laughs> fly around in that for a while. Well, fantastic, <laughs> Vicky. Um, so, where, where are you at at the moment on the Paraguayan season? Is there hockey being played there right now? Yeah, we have two tournaments a year. We had the first part, and now we are starting the second part of the year. And how's your club going? Uh, my club uh, won the first championship, and now now we're starting with everything we got <laughs> to win the second championship. Fantastic. Oh, wow. So two, do you get a chance to win two trophies in a season? Yeah, because if you, if you don't win the second one, uh, there's like a big final to see who's the champion of the year. Ah, right. Fantastic. Uh, there was one, another question, and I can't find it right now. It's from somebody from FH Umpires mentioning uh, some FH Umpires gear that you may or may not be of, were wearing <laughs> in the games, and did it give you any superpowers? Any comment on that? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I had this awful skirt to umpire, and nobody would say anything until they finally said, okay, Vicky, you need to change that skirt. That's awful. And she gave me this one, and after that, every international um, tournament I have, I do it with that skirt. Oh, great. Uh, how many blue cards have you handed out, Victoria? <laughs> blue cards? Um, no. Well, there's two types of blue card, though, John. There's the, the Belgian blue card, which is the fair play card, and then there's the Blackpool Hockey Festival Time to drink, uh, blue card. Okay. And that's, you know, that's obviously what, uh, Keeley's <laughs> distributing in a FH umpire's, uh, umpire cards pack, isn't it? Which I believe you can get, can't you? Uh, you can. Yeah, get. no, I don't have any bookings. <laughs> that's good. And <laughs> um, what about the social side of things with hockey in Paraguay? Is there, is there a good social scene around hockey? Not so much. Um, I think a lot of people don't even know this part here. But it's getting there. I mean, we're getting hockey in a lot of schools, so it, it's growing. The the story we often find around the world is that there's lots of uh, family connections as to why people get into sport. Is there any uh, family history with the people that are currently playing, or is it relatively new? Is is, is there much of a history of hockey throughout the country? Um, absolutely, it's a family sport. I mean, I got in because my mother played in, in Argentina, and then I played here. And, you know, if if you go to a, a to a pitch, and you will always find a connection with someone. So, yeah, it's a family sport. So, mum's Argentinian? Yeah. So, is, is, there, is that a basis for some of the clubs in Paraguay? Are there expat Argentinians that have foundations in, in the hockey there? No, I think there was... Um, before Argentinians came here, there there already was hockey here. Sensational! We reached to all corners of the world, don't we? <laughs> yes. Well, Vicky, that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much. We do we do like to ask every guest as well uh, one very important mantra of the show. Something we feel has been lost over the years is unique to our game is our unique selling point, and that is the bully. We have the campaign hashtag Bring Back the Bully. Now, we mean the proper bully with the Hockey 1, Hockey 2, Hockey 3, 
at the start of the game and perhaps at half time as well. What what are your thoughts on bring back the bully, Vicky? Um, sorry, I'm I'm not very. Uh, I don't know a lot of that. Oh, you're too young to. Have... So you know, but you know, you know the bully, <laughs> the bully for an inf- um, in the game. If you can't decide which way it should have gone, it's, yeah, it, yeah. So instead of the drop ball that you get in soccer, we get the bully, but it's just the one tap. Well, the the traditional start to a game and the halftime restart was all, always the bully. So it wasn't oh, really? just the one tap; it was three taps. And so that you would many many yeah. years ago, you would say hockey one oh. tap, hockey two tap, <laughs> hockey three, and then and then you'd go for the ball. Do you think it's something that oh. has got a place in the modern day? Um. Well, I've seen a lot of people just in in a boy just give up the ball. <laughs> I've seen a lot of people that fighting for the ball and just people saying, "Okay, what are you doing?" So no respect. <laughs> no, I know, no, no fair play there. Oh, oh well. We'll put you down as a maybe then. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, is very I close to the yes column. We'll just take, we'll just take the yes column. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Vicky, we will look on with great yeah. interest at your your international career and look forward to. I reckon maybe. What do you reckon, John? Eight years in Olympic final. I can, yeah. Uh, not, maybe not quite oh Paris. <laughs> 2028, wherever that's happening, we look forward to seeing you there taking the field, Vicky. Thank you so much for joining us on the reverse stick. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. You're listening to the reverse stick, the global hockey podcast. And great having you chat to young Vicky there. Super, yeah. Great stuff. And, and uh, involved with the game since, what, six years old? 22 years old, umpiring Pan Am Games semi-finals. And you got the feeling that it wasn't... It was, part of the journey was just going along with what was happening. Yeah. You can, know, can you oh, do yeah, this? Do you want to do that? Yeah, I'll yeah. do that. I'll have a go at this. Why not? You know. It would be fun to chart her, her progress years to come. Can't wait, yeah, I can't wait to see her, you know, like I said, World Cup final, um, administering the first bully... Oh, Proper bully. Oh, now you're talking. Back, back in the game, um, she'd risen to the top and said, "Look, if I'm going to do this, we've got to have a bully at the start of it." And I think we, you know, we've we've sown that seed, John. Now, you brought up something there with um, Vicky about the bully, uh-huh. and and you, I know that our our whole existence is based on the bring back the bully campaign, and that well, you, human, the, hum, humankind. Yeah, the the the. Um, <laughs> The FIH could shut us down immediately yeah. by just reinstituting the bully. Yeah, $150,000 and bring back the bully. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've, I would just like to, us to hold that campaign for a little while. Okay. And I think we knew, need uh, a new masthead to trample under. Right. And I think that should be getting rid of quarters. Quarters? Quarters. Get but rid of them. Don't have them in some parts of the world. Well, they shouldn't. They're stupid. They're silly. There's a lot of a lot of overwhelming support to ditch quarters amongst the people that I talk to. Mm. Uh, what about the hockey field, though? What about it? Well, how's that split? In quarters. Oh, jeez, this is going to get very, We're talking, very, very I, I, complicated. I know time is a concept that you struggle with. It, mate. <laughs> yeah, sorry, 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 I was late. <laughs> um, but I, I think that we've got to. Get rid of quarters for the betterment of the game as soon as we can. That's okay. 
All right. You want, you want to no, 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 I just get bored talking about it. It's, it's, here, it's here for now. Um, we'll see, see how it goes. Um, either things that are happening in the game at the moment are going to make heroes of the instigators or we're going to see the biggest fight back ever in two or three years time when everything's gone tits up and, uh, the hashtag traditionalists, um, take control and say, nah, it worked all right as it was before. We're going back to this. Let's just see what happens in the next two or three years. That's my campaign advisor. Uh, does that want to make a run? Two or three years? I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think, yeah. There'd be a couple, okay. of, couple of jobs up for grabs. Hello, I'm Nick Irvin, and you're listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. You're listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. Nick Irvin there, of course, will be covering the Euros this weekend. That's yeah, starting this week. We, this this week. weekend on the 16th, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, uh, first game is Friday, 8.30 local time in Antwerp. Uh, Belgium versus Spain in the uh, men's pool A. Straight after, John, up until 1.30 in the morning's party with Stu Brew Party Squad. What? That's next on the fixtures on the on the official. Eight thirty in the evening. Eight thirty is the opening game on the Friday yeah, night. Friday night. And yeah. directly following that, this is on the uh, official event calendar on BalfiestEuroHockey dot com. Yeah. Uh, up until one thirty in the morning, party with Stu Brew, party squad. Stu Brew. Ah, oh, will DJ Ebart be there as well? <laughs> um, I heard there might be a rumor that Wicked uh, MCMA might be. Oh, really? As well, yeah. Wicked MCMA. Yeah, yeah. yeah righty uh, Just quickly, the pools there for the men's competition: Pool A is Belgium, England, Spain, and Wales. Pool B is Germany, Ireland, Netherlands, and Scotland. And after all teams, Pool A and Pool B are played against each other. Pool C will come into being. And that will be the bottom two teams from each of Pool A and Pool B with the top two teams from those two pools carrying on into a traditional semi-final, final top arrangement. Yep. He's got that. Yep. Good. And, uh, same setup goes for the women there. So did you go through all the teams and pools then? Or did you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool, yeah. cool. For the, for the women's side of things, Pool A is Belgium, Netherlands, Russia and Spain. Pool B is Belarus, England, Germany and Ireland. Once again with Pool C coming into play after both have played their little round robins. You got any tips or you got anybody you think will slide? Uh, just quickly, para hockey finals, Wednesday the 21st of August. Netherlands versus yep. Russia and Belgium versus Spain at the same venue, which is great to see. Um, who do I think is going to win? Yeah. Um, Oh, jeez, mate. I've only just picked my, my scored fantasy team and I've been very cagey in the, the, the spread of, uh, of players. I think you, what, you can't really go past the, the, the Netherlands women. That's a gimme. I think, I don't know, I've just got a feeling that Germany have been very quiet of late and I think they might pop up pop up here in the men's competition and, and surprise a few people we know there's that qu- the quality is there in the squad but they didn't really put it all in into into pro league um it's uh there's been no focus of late on domestic competition there so i don't know that they're either going to be a massive flop or they're going to be playing in a final and uh you know potentially against the dutch or uh, let's say the scots 
Yeah, well, I'm fine. Alan Forsyth to score yeah. 25 goals in the tournament. <laughs> well, what I think is interesting is in the results here is that they're, it's one of the f- few continental championships where the, the results really are up for grabs, where it's hard to pick. Like Oceania, okay, it's either going to be Australia or New Zealand, most probably Australia for both men and women. Um, Pan American, the same. There's depth in the pool. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's real depth there. Um, perhaps Asia's the other one that's not quite as cut and dried as all the rest. And even in Africa, you're looking at South Africa, maybe in the men's side of things, Egypt can come up with something, but it would be, you know, a, a great victory for Egypt if they were to pull that off. Um, Do you think there's a bolter here in the men's or the women's uh, competition? Do you, you know, are, are, um, are Scotland are gonna, gonna have a, a fantastic tournament and, and run the likes of the Netherlands and Germany close? I don't think they can run Belgium or the Netherlands close, but they can certainly make a semi-final. Um, but it's far more open, as you say. Germany been quite, they haven't been in great form in recent times. No. And maybe they've been looking at this as being the tournament to win as opposed to doing well. Yeah, in the I have, I haven't been but over, over their player rotations on, on no. the, on the route to this competition here and now. Maybe they're looking at their, um, the, the Olympic schedule and the Euro schedule as being the two things that they're looking Look, to peak, it, peak with. It means a lot to other nations as well because, of course, with the Olympic qualifiers, um, the way it works through, we've got the four, four teams from the pro league. Now we've we've seen uh, one team on the women's side of things, Argentina. That spot now becomes available to another team through world rankings yep, yep. as a qualifier. That's right. So we'll probably end up with uh, Australia winning the men's as well, and possibly the women's. It'll, that, Ooh, that's that's no, that's 50-50. a fifty-fifty. <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're both teams. It's that, literally a fifty-fifty. They're both teams that have uh, that have. Uh, qualified through the pro league as well for yeah. Olympic qualifiers. So if they will win to those spots open up. So a lot of teams would be hoping that th- the Netherlands don't win either of them. Or do win both of them, sorry. Because their spots would open up That's suddenly. Right. Yeah. And it's very intriguing the way it's all going to work out. And before, before you know it, Pakistan are going to the Olympics. <laughs> Look, I'm looking, those 324 tests against Kazakhstan will be announced very shortly, and you watch those ranking points rise. Okay, that's uh, the Euro stuff done, Matt. Have you got anything more to say about Euros? Uh, I don't think so, John. I reckon uh, the, oh, yes, the I Dutch do. women and the, um, I reckon, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, should I put the kiss, kiss of death on England? Go on. No, I can't do that. I don't know. I got a, I got a sneaky feeling that England might prove to be a, a team that actually learnt a great deal about the other sides from the pro league. Anyway, that's just what I'm, uh, even though it's, it was a great Britain team, I think England, there'll be a lot of players from that side that all, yeah. Alright. They'll, they'll, they'll know a lot more about the teams they're playing than the teams they're playing know about. Well, them. make sure you get onto score.com and Pick, pick your fancy league team. You can go and join the reverse stick mini leagues for both the men's competition and the women's competition. Scored.com. S-C-O-R-R-D.com. Um, yeah, okay. get on there. Yeah, find out. Yeah, find out. There's also, um, you can join the leagues for Osaka and Griffin and who else is on there, John? You've been on Lots. there, John. You're on score, aren't you, John? I am on score. Oh, yeah? I haven't been you on haven't there. You have been yet. on there, have you? Not no, on that, because it's very hard to do those things, Matt. 
It is a little bit clunky, to be honest, to, to get in on, and on the join, the, join the other leagues. No, it is. is um, it? Oh. Yeah, yeah. I no, that's we, not what I mean. Oh, well, I think we need like a central thing for different leagues that you can join. Just, uh, make it easy to, you know, just a list of all the different leagues you can join. Problem is, everybody joins all those leagues, and if you're the best team, best team in one league, then you win all of the other <laughs> mini leagues as well. So okay. if you, you know, and if you just crap, like, crap out like me and you, you know, well, not as bad as you, but if you crap out like me dwindling somewhere down the bottom, you've got no chance. Maybe there, you know, should be some random wooden spoon prizes or something around the bat for poor performance. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta know what you're talking about when you do those things. Yeah, okay. And that's patently not me. There was a picture, I think it was, who was the, the, uh, the Belgian fella last year that finished second and won the Griffin Mini League, but he was already sponsored by Griffin anyway. <laughs> Uh, was it Nick de Kerpel, I think, maybe? Yeah, it might have been. Um, and he was used in one of the photos, um, promoting the competition by scores the other day. And I went, uh, you know, would you pick him? And I said, well, no, but what I would do is I'll, I'll go and sit, look at his team and copy it. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of inside knowledge. Okay, um, that's Euros coming Oh, up. no, no, one more thing on oh, Euros. Studiohockey.com. Oh, yeah. DJ um, Ebart will be in action daily, spinning the latest youth tunes, won't he? <laughs> uh, yeah, hang on, I've got a little note. Um, so, looking to do, uh, it's going to be a short daily podcast with the results of the previous day and a look ahead to the games uh, of that day if they're happening. Um, sometimes some short uh, post-game reaction. Uh, every day online, Central European time, 8am. Uh, and Ernst is hoping to have a guest on every single day. Day one will be Mark Kudron. Uh, this is uh, Friday, tomorrow, when or no, well, Wednesday we're recording that. Anyway, Friday of this week, just before the, the tournament gets underway. Uh, Mark Coudron, uh, the, uh, president of the Belgian Federation. Uh, day two, Davy Hart. Day three, uh, Javier Reckinger. And, uh, we'll see what happens anyway. Just hashtag, 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 hashtag EHC daily. Check out com. Will be some great content. Ernst will be on the ground there in Antwerp. And, stuff. Uh, yeah, we'll be delivering some really good stuff. Uh, hopefully some predictions every day, Ernst, as well. We might get them. Um, yeah, look forward to that and uh, keeping us up to date with what's going on in the Euros so I can drive around. Oh, hang on. The latest stuff. news, Mickey Delas from Spain, the Spanish captain, he'll be on day one as well. Oh, really? There we go. Hot off the press. Looking forward to it. Uh, African Hockey Road to Tokyo 2020. It's on at the moment. Um, well... Couple of things. Last week we were talking about how good it was. There was two pools and there was all these teams going. And um, by the time that it actually started, it wasn't to be the case. It was the regulation two days before the tournament starts that the the Ugandan and Nigerian national teams exited the competition, which is let's 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 be honest, a huge pain in the ass for organisers. It would be. Um, Just and. What I don't understand, I understand why teams don't get there, and we've spoken about we spoke about this uh, back in Egypt uh, last year with African Club Championships, and um, we've talked about it with other African tournaments that some nations were never going to go, and then it might be in the balance to get some funding from a, a national governing body, um, but if it if it ain't there before you're applying for these things, it's probably not going to be there. Very rarely do they, is there a a last-minute cash injection to go, yeah, you can go and take part in this thing now. And I really feel for those individuals involved in the game, but we know this is going to happen two, three, four, five, six months, <laughs> whatever, beforehand. 
Yeah. Why is it left to two days before the, the event actually happens and just creates issues? And I imagine there's, there's, there's players potentially think they're going three, oh, yeah. three days beforehand. I don't know, but you know, but, but someone in administration knows what's going on and what, what the, re- the realistic situation is with it. Unfortunately, that's, um that situation I think is going to occur in the, the shorter term and it's up to the hockey world to um, not not necessarily the hockey world but it's you know it's obviously a problem that African hockey has to deal with first up but one we've got to have an understanding of and help where we can uh, but what we do have is a tournament that features on the women's side of things five teams they are Ghana, Kenya, South Africa Namibia and Zimbabwe and on the men's side of things it's um, six teams, Egypt, South Africa, Ghana, Namibia, Kenya in Zimbabwe. They're both, well, they've had to redraw everything. That's one of the pains in the arse you'd imagine for the organisers. Yeah. Uh, everything's been redrawn and they are round-robin events, as far as I can tell from the, the redraw. There will be no finals. It's just now round-robin, which is really disappointing from a hockey perspective because I like finals. I like the competition that they bring. Um so we'll see how that turns out. Now there's been and, some and it's, games and it's an Olympic qualifier, it's and an Olympic and, qualifier, and the Olympics yeah. will have finals. Yeah, that's really that's the disappointing thing for me in all of this is that there's no uh, like you. I sort of understand it, and they should have. There should be mechanisms why this is sorted out long beforehand. But to to, to take a final away feels like it's degrading the tournament somewhat. That's how I feel about it. But let's have it. The teams won't be. The players are playing for real goals, and that is in a birth to the Olympic Games. And after um, a couple of games, we have Ghana at the top of the women's table. Um, South Africa have only played one game for one win. Um, so we'll see how that turns out. We're very early on. It's only after a couple of days of play there. And that games will be, they'll be underway now. Actually, day three will be underway now for us as we record. And you can see some of it, John. You can. Egypt are on top of the men's at the moment. All the men's teams have played two games. Egypt have won both of their games. They've got 13 goals for and two against. South Africa got 12 goals for and 11 against, and one against. So <laughs> both ending up with a goal difference of 11. Um, and two wins so it's going to be played out between those two teams on the men's side of things uh, do we have finals on the men's side nope round robin right so it'll come down to the result of the game between those two sides and in fact um, our good friend Tyron Jabu Barnard is in situ and I believe today or tomorrow there's a very first live YouTube, I don't know if it's live or not. It's a YouTube podcast. Anyway, Derek and himself from Hockey 24-7 podcast have got a live oh, studio set up there. They've got player Austin Smith, I think, is on, uh, the, the first show, which will be going out in the next 24 hours. Can they hours do some so. commentary there while they're there? Um, <laughs> well, well, let me tell you a story. <laughs> well, should we start first by saying that the, the, one of the reasons I've tuned in quite a little bit is to watch the new system that they've got in play for the video coverage, for the game coverage. It's a single camera coverage and it's been run automatically. There's no camera person thing involved. It's well, what we, from what we, from what we, From what we believe and from the, the bio on Twitter last week of shoot, S-H-O, yeah. lowercase, O-T-T, over the top, uh, underscore S-A. Nice. Thanks. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, ball tracking, 4K, um, HD, blah, blah, blah. 
yeah. at the fraction of the cost of tradi- traditional broadcast. Well, what do you think of the broadcast? So it's on Facebook, it's and on it's Facebook. awesome on the, their website as well, which you can link to. I found it a bit hard to find it on Facebook. Yeah. There were some posts, but I think you have to but click the watch video thing to get in to 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 see it. Uh but look it's there. It's there. It's there. So well, so first off what about the the broadcast coverage? What do you what do you think about the that, that, cam- that the about camera setup? The minimum requirement for any broadcast should be one camera and one commentator. Okay, obviously you need one camera to to broadcast it, but unless it's radio John. Yeah, unless it's radio, yeah. in which case you still need the commentator. Yeah. <laughs> More com- so on radio, yeah, as it turns there's, there's out. There's a common denominator there. There is. And uh, honestly, I don't think people realise how much of a difference having a commentator is. And obviously people go, oh, yeah, but when they're bad, people turn off. Well, people turn off when there's not a commentator. And people will stay tuned when there is a reasonable commentator. Well, I think... Particularly if you've not got the greatest uh, coverage, uh, as in number of cameras and um, uh, hockey savvy people tracking with the, with those cameras, you need somebody alongside there just to bring a bit of life to it and let, exactly let you know what's going on. It's uh, I think you do, and I, 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 not everybody it's mul- has multi sensory, isn't it? Yeah, not everybody, ha- and not all commentary has to be Nick Irvin and Ashley Morrison. Or you know, it it the, there's levels of commentary that would be fine for those sorts of events. Yeah. And that and identifying players is one of the things. So that's you know number seventeen is so and so, number blah blah is so and so, and letting people know what's going on on around the game. That maybe oh they've got a they've got an opportunity an outlet that you're not seeing something that you're not seeing on the camera. Yeah. So that. Oh, they're, they're open up front here, and the ball gets smashed up the front, and the commentator's already said that. And so, he's, anyway, it's... I don't know what that means, but it means something. <laughs> Look, uh, I think commentary is, is just as important as having the bloody camera there in the first place. Yeah, and the disappointing thing is, Tyron's there on the ground. I think he'd be quite willing to actually go and stand next to the um, the camera. I did suggest yeah, that. Yeah, microphone or not. And, yeah. and, and do well, there's audio there yeah. because you can hear crowd That's noise. That's you, can, you can hear people shouting stuff from the sidelines. So there's there's a microphone there somewhere. Um, so it's not like they can't get an audio feed. Uh, yeah, it's, but the, the other side of it is this autonomous ball tracking system, which is really interesting because I think while what's on display isn't, isn't great at times, it's very much an ex- at experimental stage, I would suggest. And I can see its value in that you could have four or five cameras set up at different points well, that, around yeah, the Yeah, that's what I was kind of ex- ex- expecting yeah. to see. And Because I've been toying with that with our new place with the ground. Is, well, you know, could we put six or seven cameras up on the light towers? You that, still need a vision mixer. But as soon as you go to two cameras, you need a vision fixer from one to two. You know, a but, fix, a fix, yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you, I'm with you. Um, um, but if you got that ball tracking and it was it was split across... A six or seven camera system would it not automatically flick to the a best angle, best image, anyway? If your no, if your AI is programmed in I, that in that fashion, I think you'd still need a human doing the vision switching. Yeah, because there's an intuitiveness of knowing what what should be up on the screen as opposed to some algorithm that tells you where you should be going. Because sometimes 
decisions have to, you know, algorithms aren't going to cover a decision. It's got to be a gut feeling. Yeah, no, yeah. that's the shot or whatever. But I, I, I also like the idea of just having that as a, a, a low rent option. If you, the technology's there now, that if you could whack up six or seven cameras around yeah. the ground yeah. and have a single feed happening on a, on a, on a multi-feed page at any one yeah, time. And as a viewer, you can just, you can click it and just, you know, crack, crack into it that way. But it's all, you know, all angles are covered. Yeah. I'd still think though, for the idea of us trying to spread the game and encourage people uh, yeah. to watch more hockey, that what you need is, is a like voice. A television production. Let's face it. Te- television production is hugely costly. Mm. It's an immense, just the amount of cabling you need to do a semi-decent broadcast would shock people. Well, talking about the cost, uh, for the Balfour Euro Hockey Championships, uh, if you're not getting the, uh, the, the stream or the vision through the Netherlands or the Belgian through the, the networks that it's, uh, on pay TV there, then there's not a free option. It's on eurohockeytv.org, but it's a nine euro ninety nine pass for the entire tournament for 40 games. What do you think about that as a price point and as a concept for where we are with hockey and well, live streaming? Nine euros ninety nine. So ten, Ten euros for how many games? For the f- all forty games that are happening f- between the men's and the women's competition. This weekend. Well, over, not just over the weekend, over the, the length of the tournament, over the eight eight days, nine so days. So you could go to any any game for ten bucks. No, no, time. for streaming online. Oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> I don't know what it costs to get in. There. I think it'd be a bit more expensive yeah, that's what to I was get thinking. in. There. Okay. Ten bucks for forty games. Yeah. Well, ten, well, no, ten euros, euros so about 20, eighteen bucks or what? Yeah. I, I don't know. No. The, the that's, Aussie that's dollars not doing good. very well at the I moment. mean, that's pretty good to sit back, and kick back, and plug it through your big TV and stuff, isn't it? So, you know I mean? but it's including uh, audio from audio commentary from Nick Irvin and Kate Richardson Walsh and Helen Richardson Walsh and Todd Williams and Simon Mason. Uh, it's the the guy who's producing it is the the guy yeah. that does all the EHL yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, now, Euro Hockey have been very good in offering lots of free content over the past, I don't know, I, I particularly I've probably been signed up for two and a half years, yeah. something like that, um, using the free access. I'm there as part of the, the database. I haven't actually received an email from them to say, do, do you want to watch the Euros? They're, they're on. Uh, it's going to cost this, and I think, we well, th- thanks, thanks very much. I'd, I'd be happy, I'd be happy to pay that because I've enjoyed the free service that I've had and the capability to watch all of these games previously and this is a premier tournament I understand that things cost money but they haven't sent that through no I haven't noticed that one um, but I, don't, I, th- I think that's good value I, th- you know, I, don't, I don't think that's bad value at all it's bad value potentially if all the games are, are in the middle of the night for us that you can't <laughs> actually get to, to to see more than one a day But uh, that's always a danger but um You'd still, that'd give you. Oh, the replays would be free. You think? Yes. Yeah. Oh. oh, you get. Yeah, you get full. Like, yeah, you get the access to all of it. Uh, uh, that's that's. Um, it's the model we we probably need to be going towards, isn't it? Oh, definitely. I think we've as hockey fans, we've got to start learning to pay to watch our hockey online. Otherwise, there's no future for it. It's simple as that. Unless unless we generate income through broadcasting it's not going to happen we talked before about the ability outside of australia to see hockey one and the ability outside of africa to see the uh the phl there 
this is where FIH.live should be stepping in, isn't it? And going, okay, the, well, you know, that's what it was made yeah, for. here's, you get your hockey pass and you can get this tournament and that tournament and see all of these things that are happening all over the world. Uh, I, I, yeah, I get the feeling that you're a hockey, quite happy to go and plough their own furrow and, and, uh, we'll, we'll just do our thing and FIH, you do your thing and there, there doesn't seem to be a lot of harmony amongst the, uh, the two of them in, in the online broadcast um, aspects. Something I want to talk to you about there. This is the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. And Matt, I got a message from you this week. You and did? Uh, I did, and it was a photo. <laughs> and it was of a, of a tweet put out by a, a hockey marketing person. And uh, someone had got a... A, a tech, uh, one of those green highlighters out and circled a word. That was me. That was you. <laughs> can can you pronounce that word? Professionally. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Now I know you were terribly, terribly upset when you received that little update on your Twitter, because it harks back to one of the issues that you have with hockey and the marketing of the game mm-hmm. and the the way that. It's, I don't know, he's treated the right word. Um, because where's hockey won? In Australia. Yeah. No, no, but where, where's it at from that marketing sense? You're the men's VP. How much information and stuff are we getting through from Hockey Australia at the club? Uh, nothing. I did a repost the other day because one of the lads. No, 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 no. Forget the social media. No. Forget that. That's irrelevant. I'm asking you what direct, um, I don't think Hockey One is being sold. I don't think they're, they're still working on Hockey One. I know they're not that far off, but we've just got the rules have come out. There's new media people in there. I think there's, um, it's coming very rapidly. I know it's not far off. No, nothing. I haven't seen anything that's gone out directly to clubs to try to engage the 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 hockey loving member base and let them know what's going on with Hockey One. Uh, what hockey one's all about? Very few people seem to understand it's it's on, and it, it worries me that it it appears as though the Hockey Australia strategy is to use social media as its one and only outlet for for promoting the sport. Now, I'd, it just appears to me that way because I don't see or hear from it in any other platforms apart from Facebook and Twitter, and I think you know. Even our own hockey association is very poor at doing things like promoting live streams of its own own competition. Oh, locally, well, we know that not the footy show have been doing live streams from Perth Hockey Stadium. Um, yet the local association don't use their Twitter channel at all to promote those those games. Ash, Ashley will put it on his not the footy show feed, but there'll be nothing to anybody who follows Hockey WA. Now, the question is, why, as a local association, do you want to stream games of your local competition? Who who do you want to watch yeah. those games? Is it just the members of the, the local club? Is it the the wider local community? Or do you want to showcase your local competition to the wider world? Well, if you want to showcase it to the wider world, you need to tell them. 
Yeah, you do. Yeah. And it, I, I have first-hand experience of that last Saturday because I had to do the footy last week. So, so, so it can't be your only source, social media, but it also needs to be sometimes the only source that you've got to be, to, to yeah. get it out to a, a far-reaching audience. Sunday I've got to be there early and they have this big pre-game thing. So I'm sitting there for quite a long time with not much to do. And so, oh yeah, on the phone. Hockey's being strained and Ashley Strain, aren't they? And it was, well, the first place I went to was Hockey WA. No, mate, the first and place you should have gone to is at the Hockey Live on Twitter and on Facebook, hashtag Livestream Hockey. But yeah, carry on. But that, that, that should be the first place that I would go to catch Livestream of WA Premier League Hockey, I would have thought. I shouldn't need to go to the Hockey Live. I shouldn't need to go to Not the Footy Show. I should be able to get their, their, their competition streamed yes, from them. No doubt. <laughs> or at least a link to it. At the very least, a link. And that's really, really disappointing because the, the thing about the um, these platforms is one of their strengths is the immediacy of the contact. Yeah. And that's why, and especially on Twitter, is that you're oh, constantly... No, if, you don't, if you don't get it in, within an hour, it's gone. Yeah. You, you've got to, you, you have to go back and click, in, click into individual feeds and find out what they said... Yeah, so three hours ago, let alone five days ago. Something like a post about a live streaming game, it's it's redundant once the game's yeah. you know halfway through or something like that. You've got to be in a preview, you know, there are little things like that that, well, that really and disappoint that's, me. And that's why um, you you can set alerts on on Twitter. So when you've got things like at the hockey live hashtag live stream hockey coming up, you can get that instant instant notification with it. Yeah. Uh, and, look, and, and, and for, for, for the, the, the content creators, they need to learn that, but you, you need to build some trust in your audience, the fact that when you say this is happening and it's coming up now, bang, it happens, and but you've got to be consistent with it. And you can't just say, uh, you know, have a rash of posts over a week and be involved with Twitter and then not do anything for another three weeks, which we also see, and also not rely on just reposts from Instagram or Facebook because they're crap. And what gets me is it's it's a very cost effective way i mean it virtually costs you nothing extra to do this i mean, it's 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 not costing you any more infrastructure it's not costing you very very little in in wages because yes. you've already got people looking after these things yes. all they're doing is their job i would think yeah um it, it's yeah it's so important it's so easy it's relatively easily and I, I just don't get it sometimes. I mean, that's coming from me. You know, I'm not really as much of a technophobe as we joke about at times. Just, 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 got, just got you on WhatsApp tonight, though. Yeah, yeah good one. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'll be on WhatsApp. Watch out, Cabal. I'm coming. No, I'm not. I'm staying away. You people will get me in trouble. He'll be uh, there. <laughs> it, it's... it's I didn't think we're going to, I didn't, I didn't think we're going to have much to talk about tonight. I'm looking at my list down here going, oh shit, we've got a fair bit more to cover here. But that's anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm really, um, a bit disappointed that we're not embracing these mediums and, and at the same time as we're not embracing them, we're using them as the basis of our marketing campaigns. Uh, Yeah. You know, if you're going to use these things, use them properly. Well, talking about marketing campaigns, John. Uh, the latest marketing campaign from the Verstick, uh, the Global Hockey oh, Podcast, okay. is on. No, no, we'll come to that in a second. Um, is uh, all over social media at the moment. That's on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All at the Reverse Stick. Get in touch with us, and of course, you can email us as well, Matt at the Reverse Stick dot net or John at the Reverse Stick dot net. Yeah. Um, but like I said earlier on, John, I was fishing around on Snapchat, and for some strange reason, I just searched hashtag Glow Ho Po. 
Um, I'd, you know, I'd heard something from the kids in the playground at school oh, when I was dropping the kids oh, off really? the other day. There was some something happening, and I, I happened to come across this audio file. I don't oh. know if, if you got if you got it there to yeah, queue up. Yeah, I have. Just Ready just just play it in. Just play it in, mate. Yo yo yo. Glow High Po is way cooler than skateboarding upside down. Hockey is cool, but the Glow High Po is cooler. When I listen... I like Wicked MC NA. Old guy, not so much. Yeah, what do you what do you reckon? I just you know the old guy. Mate, I, I just found it on Snapchat. You I don't couldn't, know even, couldn't even be MC old guy or uh, wicked dude MC old guy or something. Mate, I don't think we're I, I personally wicked MCMA is quite an influ- <laughs> influencer level. I can't tell people what to produce. You know, they, they obviously found some of my my tunes out there and did a bit of a remix and got some of the the, the youngsters. Involved, uh, uh, you know. Uh, you are so in touch with the youth of. Oh, I don't. I don't think it's. Um, I don't think it's going to hurt the brand, mate. I think. I think it's good. I think we're going in the right direction. Hashtag grow the game. You are listening to Glow Hopo. That's it. That's everything. I don't have to say anything. You, you don't. That's it. Oh. Compact. Um, and uh, I think in about twelve months' time, we'll have our own emoji as well, mate. <laughs> no, no, glow hypo em- em- emoji. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. we'll be doing I, I have no idea. Just let's not even go there. It's probably having a poo and drinking a beer at the same time with a, ho- <laughs> with, a with a hockey stick in his hand oh, or her hand. <laughs> okay. There'll be two. There'll be a male and a female version. There'll be an old version for you and a young man version for me, probably. Other stuff we old oh, man version. <laughs> other stuff that we've got to get through before we finish this podcast because we're. Slowly coming to I've got end. a good story for you. Go on. What's that? How was my hockey week? Yeah, the week. How yeah, no, it's it? fine. No, I had a win yeah, on Sunday. Four-one four, win. Uh, mate of mine, Benno, playing at right half. He's former goalie. Former goalie. Yeah, good goalie as well. Yeah. Many many years ago. Um, uh, he's an enforcer. 
Let's, let's put it that way. Um, he has flashes of brilliance, um, but he's, he's a strong man. You've got to be a big player to run past, past Benham on the left wing. Now, Benham's got up, in the absence of some of our sharper shooters on the short corners, Benno's been a probably you know, number three, number four, striking the ball from the top of the D on the penalty corner. And his success rate so far this season has been, let's be fair, shithouse. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, like the few that I've, I've pushed out through, through the year for him, he's, uh, I've basically got about six metres away from the goal and he's almost, he's, he's closer to me than he is to goal itself. It's, he's just been terrible. Anyway, he hit this, uh, Unbelievable streak at the weekend. Uh, I actually, I was pushing him out to him again this weekend and I think the difference was he had the, his wife, Kelly, and the, and the three boys were there pit side for the first game this season. Anyway, Benno, four goals of the team's four in the 4-1 win, all from the corner. Incredible. He's probably never scored four in a season before, let alone in one game. Well done, Benno. Well done, Benno. And fabulous. Good lad. He bought the beers as well. Did he? He did. Yeah, of course he did. So you all got one for each goal he got. Uh, oh, I probably. That had would seven. be fair. I probably had seven. <laughs> well, he, he owes you four oh, oh, next fact, week. I, I was denied a bloody goal as well. The very last, oh, the yeah. very last one. I pushed out all, all four <laughs> of his goals to him. We had another lad come on the field, Bryn, and He said, "Oh, can I push this one out?" I said, "Yeah, right. Yeah, no worries." And I just stayed, stood at the top, and uh, looked at Pete. He said, "What are you doing here?" I said, "I'm hitting this one, mate." Anyway, I've hit it, I've pinged it, bottom left hand corner, it's going in, hits the bloke on the foot, stroke, I'm looking at the umpire, I'm going stroke, you know, I've given him the, you know, finger down, finger up, and uh, he's looked, and he's looked up at the other umpire, and one of their players has gone, yeah, hit, hit my foot, oh right, yeah, no worries, goes up to the other umpire, and we're thinking, well, okay, alright, it's a stroke or a corner, stroke or a corner, other umpire, 16. <laughs> that would have thrilled you no end. Unbelievable. Did you uh, manage to keep control of the situation? Yes. We were 4-1 up, John. I was very reserved. You were. What if the score had been, say, 3 all? Would have been a very different story, John. Very different. Uh, Masters training. How did that go for you last uh, last Good. Sunday morning? I loved getting up at point 10 to 6 on a Sunday morning and going off to train. It's dedication, mate. That's what I have to, you know, if you want to be, if you want to be a record breaker, if you want to be a, uh, a top athlete, this is, these are the sacrifices you've got to make. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's fun. I'll let you know more as it got, got your shorts yet? Yeah, got them today. Hey! Can't wait. old guy not so much the old guy <laughs> seriously <laughs> wicked MCMA Mate, what can I say when you got fans you got fans